the world opens because you're actually being honest with the fact that you're not keeping yourself safe anymore by being like, oh, I don't want to get rejected. So I'm not going to open myself up in that way. Open yourself up to fucking love, right? To live is to love. When you open yourself up to love, it's not just in a romantic relationship, but with, with life itself, with money, with your business, everything just starts to become opportunity. So you've also got to hold that, yeah, shit happens as well. That's the reality we incarnated into was a reality of polarity. So we have to be able to hold both polarities and feel safe in that to actually go to that next level of expansion. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Empower with M. I am your host, Emily Jane Saroff, but you can call me M. I hope you're ready to expand your mindset, raise your vibrations, break through limiting beliefs, and to seriously start owning your power. But before we dive into today's episode, if you haven't already, make sure you hit that subscribe button so you never miss out on any of my episodes. Now, I don't know about you guys, but I sure am ready. So let's get empowered. Welcome back to the podcast, everybody. I am super excited to introduce to you all today's special guest. Now, she is the host of the Life Uncaged podcast and an international speaker, mentor, and guide in transpersonal transformation. Now, she specializes in feminine leadership, embodiment, and magnetism to liberate women from their limitations in life and business so they can become all that they desire and deserve. She is a certified matrix re-imprinting practitioner, emotional freedom technique practitioner, energy healer, holistic counselor, human development coach, and meditation teacher. So she knows what she is talking about. And with that said, guys, I am so excited to introduce to you all today, Emma Zia. Welcome, Emma. Yay. Thank you so much for having me on. And I'm so excited to see what comes through in the conversation today. (laughs) I'm so excited to have you. I love whenever I have guests that are like called Emma, Emmy, Emily, because then it becomes the Empower with Eminem podcast. And I love it. Yes. I love that. I love that. So I shared a little bit about, you know, your bio with our listeners, but why don't you give a little bit more insights into who you are and what you do so they can get to know you a little bit more personally? Mm, absolutely. And do you know what's really interesting about this question? I've been doing podcast interviews for years and years. And I actually think that the more spiritually evolved you become, the harder it is to answer that question. <laughs> because it's so hard to squeeze it just into a couple of sentences of what I do. So I've just succumbed to the um, to the sentence now when people ask me that question is I say my my forte is freedom. So essentially I work with women to free them, free them from limitations and illusions of the mind um, through working with the mind, the body and consciousness um, really to, to allow women to see what they're truly capable of. And I don't mean that just in, in the sense of like wealth or success, but also in how much can you love? How much can you be more of yourself? How much can you really express your soul essence? Because that is the feeling state that we're after. It's that freedom. It's that um, it's just that pure fulfillment for life itself. And so it's kind of just removing and clearing any obstacles, any sticky energy, which is in the way from that really shining through. Yes, I love that. And how long have you been working in this space for now? So that's also a very interesting question because I feel like I've been doing it for so many years. I grew up in um, a family where my dad is an energy healer Mm. and my granddad is an energy healer and my mum is a psychic. 
So I've actually always been doing like psychic readings. I've always been like coaching people. But my first certification, I think, was in 2016. Um, and that was in energy psychology. And then from there, I've just had clients ever since. I love that. Also, I love that your family is so spiritual, like having your dad being the energy healer and your mom being a psychic. I absolutely love that. I mean, my family's the total opposite. I think I'm like the black sheep, the first one in the family who really stepped out and branched into spirituality. Um, But that's so amazing. And I'm curious to know, like, what influence (laughs) do you feel like that had on you um, and your own growth and development, you know, being brought up in such a spiritual environment? Mm. It's really interesting because it's, I speak to a lot of people that are in, in spirituality now and they're like, oh, you must feel so lucky to come from that place. And it's a very beautiful environment to grow up in. It was, it was just amazing, very positive, very optimistic. Like my family, just any challenges that's thrown at them, they're just like Buddhas, like they can just handle it. Um, So that's really cool. But it was hard for me in high school because that was when spirituality wasn't even a known thing it was very taboo and obviously being psychic for you know as long as I can remember I would be at school and I would like be picking up on messages for people and I'd be sharing my visions with people or I used to get um precognition a lot which is where you see something happening before it's happened and that would just happen all the time but it was really confusing for me because I didn't know the difference between what I was seeing as a vision and what had actually been reality it was really interesting. Um, and I think it's because I was so young, I didn't know how to differentiate and decipher certain things. So I ended up working with a psychic. So that was really, really hard because I got a lot of social anxiety. Mm. And I felt that I couldn't, oh, I've just got this memory come to mind. Like I remember um, I was at school and I was just feeling so like trapped. That was just like, if I could like sum up my high school days in one word, it would be trapped. It's like, I was there physically but emotionally, mentally, and spiritually, I was just in this whole other place. It's like I couldn't feel that I could be myself in school because no one was speaking about spirituality and no one understood meditation or psychic visions. And I remember there was this one time I ran home from school and I was feeling just so, so done with not feeling like I could fit in. So although I fitted in with my family spiritually, it's like I was the black sheep in school and like, you know, in the outer environment. And I ran home and I grabbed my journal and I grabbed my crystals and I was just like, dear universe, please help me, like get me out of this feeling. And I remember thinking, I wonder how many other kids are grabbing their crystals and their journals and writing about it. And even to this day, like even like um, about a month ago, I had this huge self-healing of the fact that me hiding my spirituality became such a big identity that I rejected it for so many years because it wasn't okay. It wasn't like accepted of, and I'm doing that in quote marks. That was my perception. And so even like four weeks ago, I was doing healing on like allowing myself like more of that to, I mean, obviously people know me as that person. I speak very openly about spirituality. Um, But I think it's also, there has been a big part of me that's still been holding back like to this day because it feels like a threat to my survival to fully 
be in that space and fully share about it which is interesting. Mm, thank you so much for sharing that that was such a uh, powerful journey that you did take us on through that personal story of your own and so obviously you're here now and you are working through these beliefs that you realize you have been carrying and you're starting to embrace your spirituality far more than what you allowed yourself to in the past so I'm curious to know what role does your spirituality play in this business journey that you've been on mm, everything everything for me I've always been spirit-led so I see a lot of people do it the other way around so they might be led by money or might be led by fame or success or whatever it might be I was kind of led through spirit first and then all the other things come as a result of that um so yeah do you mean it in terms of like how I'm like doing what I'm doing today or how do I kind of infuse spirituality with business? Whichever feels most aligned <laughs> to you that you would love to explore. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I think like I started my business doing psychic readings. That was like my way in um, because I kept giving people readings when I was out drunk at nightclubs as well. So this was like pre my certification energy psychology. I was going out in Melbourne all the time and I would just meet people and I would just give them a reading. And I was like, there's something about drinking alcohol that like our ego just lifts. And I just feel this permission because I would never read someone without their permission. And their higher self is just like, right, we're going to open that channel when it comes through. So anyway, that's how I started. So um, spirituality, consciousness has always been like really at the forefront of everything that I do. Mm -hmm. Um, In terms of how I infuse spirituality with my business, I spend a lot of time in contemplation. Mm. So, and this is actually a really interesting thing as well, because in the last six months I've been um, contemplating on, you know, like meditation and if meditation is even necessary and we can go into that at a later point, but I, I really spent a lot of time contemplating. That's kind of like my spirituality. I have like the sage, I have the crystals, but to me, they're just tools of consciousness. I think the most powerful thing we can do is actually create space to just be with our direct experience. Mm. Whatever is going on in this moment, in our mind, in our body, in our consciousness, when we can just create space every day to do that. And that's not going for a walk or going to the gym. I know a lot of people are like, that's kind of my, my thing, you know, and it's like, you look at a lot of people that are obsessed with running, for example, and they're like, yeah, that's my time that I can just let go of all my thoughts. And I'm like, that's amazing, but it's still not stillness. A lot of people that are obsessed with running actually have this, um, not completely, it's not a blanket statement, but a lot of people in my experience have this coping mechanism of actually escaping and running away from emotion and and dealing with stuff. And so it can come out in those ways. So if we just like create space every day and contemplate, that's when we become solid because we actually become the witness of our experience rather than being our experience. So, you know, when people say, you know, you want to walk, uh, sorry, you want to work on your business, not in your business. When we create space to contemplate, it actually allows us to work on ourselves, not in ourselves. And so it gives us the outsider's perspective, which in in my experience of my spiritual awakening, my transformation, everything I've been through, when you can practice and really work up that muscle to be the observer of your experience, you start to navigate stuff in business and life and relationships so much easier. Doesn't mean it feels easier but it becomes an easier practice and you start to work through things at a rapid rate, like hyperspeed, because mm-hmm. you're just so self-aware and observe um, and observant. 
Yeah. I love everything you just shared there, especially about the importance of creating that space for stillness and contemplation in order to get out of your business and expand it from that like higher perspective. So I'm curious to know, like if any of our listeners are sitting here like, oh, I'd love to start um, creating my own space for contemplation. And you mentioned tools of consciousness as well. How could someone go about like creating space for this in their day? And what might that look like? Mm. It might not be what you expect, my answer. Honestly, I love to just like strip everything away, keep it super simple, super streamlined, super minimalistic. Just sit with yourself. Mm. It is the hardest thing for us to do is to fucking sit with ourselves. It's so hard. People escape it. People say, I can't meditate or I don't have the time to meditate or I can't switch my mind off. And it's like, but you can though, if you're human, if you're alive and breathing and you're here, you have the ability to be the witness, to be the observer. And when you do that, it gives you power to notice the perceptions that are limiting you in this life experience. And with that power, it allows you to then change those perceptions and shift them. So it's the most powerful thing you can do. You can literally choose anywhere. Like you don't even need to create a sacred space. Some people, because I believe that we all come through with different soul blueprints, Some people might need like an environment. They might need to start off by setting up a safe environment. So I have an altar in my room and I have like a meditation cushion and I have my incense and stuff like that. The sense of smell is very strong for me. It really ignites my spiritual senses. So I use little things like that, but I don't actually sit at my altar every day. I'll go outside. I'll sit on my bed. um, Just wherever feels good. Super simple. It's just the main thing is allowing yourself to go there and to feel safe sitting with all your emotions and sitting with all of your thoughts without becoming them and yeah. just listening to them. Oh, I love it. And yeah, because how easy is it to just do everything you can to avoid those scary thoughts that pop up in your mind? Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, spiritual bypassing, is that the phrase that generally it's? Yeah. 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 So yeah, spiritual bypassing, and I'm sure your listeners know, but yeah, that would be like using things like sage or crystals as kind of like an escape Or like even, I think I said this on my Instagram the other day, like a lot of people see spirituality as an escape from reality. Mm. So that's when it's kind of like life might feel really difficult. And then suddenly you find spirituality and you find the crystals and the sage and maybe start to connect with other people who are spiritual. And, and it can be, it can be a sense of relief. And so it can also be a place of escapism. And this is a huge thing in the spiritual community is that there's so many people that are actually just trauma bonding they're just trauma bonding through this umbrella that they call spirituality, but they still don't have the ability to sit with themselves and be so honest and objective with what's actually going on in their mind and in their body. And so they use certain, even like you can get addicted to guided meditation. You can get addicted to sound healing. You can like uh, the number one thing that I do with my clients is I tell them not to do guided meditation. I think that guided meditation has its place I definitely believe that I've got some guided meditations out there. I love doing meditations. I also work for a meditation company. So I think it really has its place, but if you can actually cultivate the courage to sit with yourself without being guided through it, you start to learn how to lead yourself. Mm. And when you can lead yourself through the ups, through the downs, you hold your fucking power. And it's that type of vibration that aligns you with everything that you desire to call into your experience. Wow. I love that. And see, I'm someone who I try to lean into meditation. It's something that I'm still um, working on, like being 
as consistent as I possibly can be. I feel like there's always room for improvement when it comes to meditation. But yeah, I find that I have been drawn more towards the guided ones that have more space inside of it, like more opening inside of it. But if we were to step away completely from guided meditations and um, take ourselves through that journey is having something like uh, meditation music playing still fine for that experience. Or is it like a total silence, um, sit there and still stillness type thing? See, I would say challenge yourself. Yeah. I would just say challenge yourself. I'm a challenger. Like you, you come to me and I will challenge the fuck out of you because there is so much power in sitting with yourself in complete silence and stillness. It's unbelievable. And the way that people have so many fears and they try and distract themselves by maybe saying, Oh, just some music or, you know, just this or just that. And it's like, that's beautiful. And you can do that, but learn to really cultivate your own power first. That's what I believe anyway. And so with my private one-to-one clients, I get them to do what I call embodied inquiry. And so embodied inquiry is basically just being very, very present and very curious with what your direct experience is right now. And when I say direct experience, I just mean whatever is going on. When you just sit there and you just say, okay, what am I feeling in my body? All right, I'm feeling some anger. Where do I feel it? I feel it in my throat. Okay. Okay. I'm just going to sit with that and I'm going to breathe into that. What is it communicating with me? Why is it here? What's the texture? Is it heavy? Is it soft? Is it like, just get curious without any expectation of needing to change anything about this moment right now. That's the fucking power. That's the fucking power to sit there and be like, there is no outcome. Because this is the thing is a lot of people use meditation to change their state because it takes you to altered states of consciousness. That in itself is amazing. It's beautiful. It's such a powerful tool. But how can you go into a meditation practice without even needing to change the outcome and trust so much that when you give yourself space to sit with whatever is going on, that it naturally there's a spontaneous healing that starts to happen. And you're also practicing surrender. And surrender is one of, if not the most important pillar of transformation. I love that. I have to say, Emma, you have completely shifted my perspective around meditation and how I want to move forward with my meditation practices. So I'm definitely going to start giving that a shot and um, giving embodied inquiry as well and see how, uh, how that serves me to a higher level. And you did mention embodiment there. And so I'd love to have a bit of a conversation around this because I know this is something that you do work with a lot. What is embodiment? Like, why should we use it and how can we go about using it? Mm, absolutely. So Embodiment essentially means something is embodied. So it's in the body. Mm. So as a generation, like culturally and societally, we're we're literally programmed to be in our mind. We're programmed to understand life, to perceive life, to navigate through life through mentation only. And so when we actually have the ability to drop things through in the body, the body is the representation of the unconscious mind. So when we get sick, when we get injured, when anything like any physical ailment surfaces, it's because there's something on an energetic level. There's a thought or there's an emotion that hasn't been processed yet. So it comes up physically. So when we can actually get get used to dropping into our body and actually following the feeling in our body and where the emotion is being held at a cellular level, Mm. regulating our nervous system. Wow. That's when we fucking tap into a power, right? Because that's when we actually start to release trauma that might've been there for like years and years and years since we were like three years old, five years old, 13 years old. Um, And so when we do that, we're, we're essentially moving energy through. It becomes a lot easier to Embodiment has many different um, 
many different like flavors. So I suppose right now I'm speaking embodiment in the fact of like practicing being embodied through understanding yourself. So the embodied inquiry, but embodiment can also mean being the embodiment. So as an example of how this would play out in my work, I it's I'm committed to being a walking, talking embodiment of this work. Like I live and breathe transformation and transpersonal transformation. So trans meaning beyond, so beyond the personal. So it's tapping into like the spirit realm, the consciousness. Mm. Um, I just live and breathe it. I wouldn't teach anything that I haven't experienced. I wouldn't, um, yeah, I suppose I wouldn't um, do an offer on anything that doesn't feel like I, it's it truly embodied. Like uh, what a lot of people do in the personal development space is they tend to like read something from a book and then teach it read and teach, read and teach. And the knowledge might be amazing and it's powerful. And of course it can still help people, but the real challenge is, okay, how can you read something, filter it through your own perception? See, is this my truth? How does this sit with me? How does it land in my body? How does it resonate with consciousness? Even if it's someone, even if it's information from the greats, like Tony Robbins, Joe Dispenza, like all of these people, don't take it word for word as legit. That's just their perspective. So how can you read it, sit with yourself, see how that aligns with your body, your experiences, your memories, like what's happened in your life, and then teach from a place once it's fully dropped in of how it feels with you. Mm. Because when you come from that place, you don't need to remember what was in the book. You don't need to remember facts. It's just, it just, you just become an open channel for just living and breathing. And this is this, I feel really excited right now talking about this, like, this is a massive, massive thing when it comes to success in business is being the embodiment of what you are, being the embodiment of what you are selling, what you are preaching, what you are talking about, because that puts you in a certain frequency, which naturally aligns you with the people, places and opportunities um, that is only going to elevate you and amplify you know, your soul's mission, what you're here to do. Mm, I love what you shared there. I think that's in this coaching space as well, like that's a seriously important point that I think some newer coaches seem to miss, you know, that element of embodiment and practicing what it is that you're preaching. Um, so I love that you shone light on that. And I love that you were able to touch that there. So what I'd love to sort of chat about with you then, while we're still kind of in this topic of embodiment, you do a lot of work with feminine energetics. Mm-hmm. And so what sort of correlation does energetics have with this whole conversation we've been having? Mm. well energy is everything yeah energy is everything it's it's why we're here everything just vibrates at a certain frequency um so I got into feminine energetics a few years ago actually I went to see I used to be very in my masculine (laughs) without realizing and I don't know if you can relate but I used to just be all about the hustle all about like work hard work hard work hard um I also used to be a bit more animalistic when it came to like intimate relationships like sexually like I just wanted it was more like from that animal that primal place of desire rather than sacred union um and I think it's really important to shine light on this because this was like a huge realization I had and a lot of women I see still struggle with this is the inability to actually climax through sex through penetration Mm. and that is actually connected with our inability to trust let go and surrender which are all feminine qualities. So if that's something that, you know, any of the listeners are struggling with, that likely it it kind of says that there might be a block in your feminine energy. You might be more in your masculine energy. And I I could talk about this for days, so I'll keep it short and sweet. But, you know, we've been programmed and socialized into 
like a, a paradigm which is running on masculinity so a lot of us women we don't know how we can get what we desire through our feminine the relationship we desire the success the wealth we don't know how to do that and if it's possible because women not even that long ago didn't have a voice in society we couldn't vote we couldn't get an education we couldn't work our voice wasn't actually classed as legitimate in the community. If we wanted to express something, we would have to go through our man. He would have to actually voice stuff for us. Mm. And we, I think it's really important to shine light on that because even though we're born in this space and time, we are an extension and an evolution of those women that came before us. So everything that they went through is still remembered in our DNA. Like we remember that through the bloodline. And so there's a lot of break free energy that we have to do as women in this lifetime, I believe, to actually really rewrite the paradigm and give ourselves permission to actually fucking do and be who we know we have the potential to be. And so that really came to light for me when I was I was in a four year relationship and it was such a beautiful, stunning relationship, like so much soul love. But there was a block with the intimacy and I've never really experienced that before. And I was feeling very rejected and very abandoned by this man. And I went to go see um, an energy psychologist and he's a chiropractor as well. So he was adjusting my back and talking to me about the emotions. It was kind of coaching and physical and one. I fucking love it. And um, he said to me, he was like, you need to let go. You need to open to your feminine. You actually need to go with the flow. And I was like, oh. Right. I was like, what the fuck does that look like? Because I just wasn't used to it. <laughs> and I'm an Aries as well. So I'm like, I'm a fire sign. I like to like be active. I like to get stuff done and things like that. So anyway, he was like, what I want you to do is I want you to go back to your partner and I want you to let him know that he has to make all the decisions from now on. And I, something just clicked in me and I was like, fuck, that feels good. Let's do that. Because I was always the organizer. I was, I'm like very like, I'm a leader at heart, obviously being an Aries, like I've got that leadership energy, but I was doing it in all my relationships. I was the organizer. I was the leader. I was always making decisions. And so naturally that doesn't allow space for the masculine to lead me, which essentially is what the feminine, the feminine desires. Like we desire to be led. We desire for the man to make the decision and you know, so we can like exhale and just surrender and be in our feminine flow and our adventure. And it's so beautiful and delicious. And so I went home that day and I said this to my partner at the time, he freaked out. (laughs) It was like, what do you mean? How am I going to do that? Anyway, I was like, let's just try it for two weeks. We did it for two weeks. And honestly, my whole world started to shift. It was just, this is the crazy thing about transformation is transformation doesn't take years it doesn't take months it doesn't take weeks it happens in a moment Mm. it happens like that when it clicks it just clicks and it might take us a while to get to that point and we might have to work through certain layers and flavors and textures of all of these limitations before we reach that point but when we get there it just clicks and that was a moment where it just clicked and so those two weeks of just fully surrendering I just started to change and I've just never looked back And from that moment, then all of these other crazy things happened. I got let go of my job, which I wasn't happy in. And it was just perfect. And then, then I had my Kundalini awakening because I had a healing session and it just activated something in me. And and that's a whole story in itself. So I don't know if you want to go into that or not, but that was basically the start of me awakening my feminine. And I just, I can't even put it into words. It's like an unspoken sensation 
of how it feels to be embodied in your feminine. It's something you can't put into words. Life just responds to you differently. You become magnetic. You relate to people differently. You love life. You can surrender and let go. Manifestation just happens like rapid for you. Um, Like I said, like with the magnetism, like you just find that people are drawn to you and it's, uh, it's just so much happens and changes when you do that. And even my client yesterday voice noted me and she was like, Emma, like everyone's coming up to me saying that I'm different. My energy is different. She was just like, everyone keeps saying I'm glowing and I'm like radiant. And I'm like, that's what happens. It's always frequency first, frequency first, frequency first. When we tap into that feminine energetics and we allow ourselves to be in our feminine, knowing that we can have, be, and do all that we desire from our feminine. It doesn't have to be from the masculine like the world has taught us. We just open up to whole new worlds of pleasure and passion and play. And it's so beautiful. I absolutely love that. And there was, okay, I love that. And like your insights and, and you take us on this journey through your personal stories for starters. I think that that's just a beautiful way to like paint what it is that we're receiving. But the other thing as well is I can definitely resonate with some of these experiences that you've had also. Now, I've only been in the business space for 16 months now, but for that first like, you know, eight or 10 months, I was very much stuck in like my masculine thinking that the only way that I'm going to grow is by leaning into that. And now this second chapter in business has very much been about transitioning more into the feminine and embracing that. It's funny how you mentioned the intimacy challenges within relationships as well, because I've found when I have been stuck so much in my masculine that, yeah, there has been an impact on the relationship side of things also. So I'm curious to know, because obviously uh, there was quite a journey that you went on to start to really unlock your feminine and lean into embracing that more. But if someone's sitting here in the business space now and they are recognizing, okay, yeah, I am leaning too much into my masculine and denying my feminine too often, how can they begin to make that transition to be, you know, embracing their feminine energetics more? Mm -hmm. The first thing is working on your relationship with trust, Mm. because this is the thing is that women, women that struggle to trust and trust basically means you can surrender. Trust means you're not asking how, how is this going to happen? When is this going to happen? That's the masculine of needing to know. The feminine is not needing to know, trusting in the unknown and the mystery of life and being in flow with that, knowing that she is a magnet for all that she desires and deserves. Mm. So when you can work on your relationship with trust, that's when things will start to flow. Um, The opposite of trust is the fear of disappointment. So women in business that feel that they're always like the how and the whens, which is just an extension of self-doubt if you're stuck in that mindset, um, like those type of women more often than not will probably have a fear of disappointment. So they feel like they always need to know because it gives them certainty that they can, they are being someone or they're doing something um, that could be seen as good. That's essentially what it is. Like if we strip it back. So that was one thing that I really had to look at. I felt like I had like an underlying fear of being a disappointment because I felt like a disappointment in my family, Mm. not because they ever said anything or did anything to make me feel that way. But my like long story short, my mom and dad couldn't conceive naturally. And so my brother and sister are both IVF and they're both blonde, blue eyed, very different to me. If you're watching this, I've got like dark hair, dark eyes, dark features. And then I suddenly came along naturally, like years later. And it was this whole thing. Like when I went through my awakening, I did so much self-work on it. And it came down to this 
feeling of being unwanted and feeling like a disappointment. They didn't want me and I came along anyway. Like I disappointed them in some way. Like I ruined things. And, there, and there's several different things around why I feel that way. And so we can't trust if we have a fear of disappointment because we're not able to let go and see what happens. And so this is a thing in relation to intimacy is that women that are more in their masculine energy are usually holding stress in their body. And when you're holding stress, that is not sexy. Stress is just not fucking sexy. I know like when I go through phases where I might be more in my mind, which means that I'm more in my masculine, if I'm like overthinking and overanalyzing, I'm like, hang on a minute, I'm in survival mode here. Like my sympathetic nervous system has been activated. I'm in fight or flight to some extent, whether that's extreme or whether it's just very, very minor. But if I'm thinking too much about something, I'm in the stress response. So as soon as I catch that, I drop into my sensual body. I put the music on. I just dance and free flow. I put the, the beautiful smells on the incense and I put sexy outfits on and I'm just, oh, when I'm just in my sensual body, everything changes. Everything changes. And I love being so sensual. And that's like such a, that's such a powerful thing we have as women is to be so connected to our sensuality. And it doesn't just mean in, you know, in sex, it means the way we relate to life. Everything becomes a fucking orgasmic experience. Like sipping a cup of coffee, writing something down, listening to music, being in a conversation, just being so in flow and so present. And it's a way that you get more out of life when you're in your central body. And when you're in that energy, you'll notice that the masculine will respond to you differently. So whether that's the masculine in the same sex relationship or masculine in, um, you know, in a man, it will they will start to respond to you differently and you become magnetizing, you become sexy. That's when you become desirable because men are attracted to that sensuality, that being in flow, because that's something that isn't natural for them, but it's natural for us. So I see that a lot with women who are more in their masculine and they're kind of more head driven and they're just very always wanting to get stuff done. And it's just, it's just not sexy. How is that going to turn someone on? Like the feminine invites adventure. When you're in your sensual body and you can like invite it, um, the masculine into adventure, that's when he becomes so besotted, mm. right? It's like enticing desire, you know? So there are all of that things in intimacy. Also, if you look at it from the psychological perspective, when it comes to intimacy, you can break it down as into me see. So intimacy in its core is actually allowing someone to see yourself in your entirety as you are without needing to be a certain way. And that's one of the hardest things that we feel as humans. Um, and that is a shame-based response. So when women really struggle to truly be intimate, to surrender sexually, emotionally, when they struggle to be vulnerable, to express emotion, I can guarantee that it probably comes from a shame-based response. So something in your life, in your early um, childhood, you something happened that created this shame within you. And shame is basically, it's the lowest vibration that we can hold in the universe, shame, because shame is basically us saying I'm bad. Mm. Guilt is saying I've done something bad. Shame is saying I'm bad. And when we have that belief of I'm bad, it's like it eats away at us because we feel like we shouldn't belong here. Mm. It's such a deep, like such a deep survival thing, like it's primal. And so that's where a lot of intimacy issues stem from as well is this inability to actually fully open up and be yourself and even to fully know yourself. Like people, it like it's so easy to be like, oh, just be you, like discover, like 
you know, go out and discover who you are. But if you have a shame-based response and you're living from that shame, then firstly, you're going to keep attracting experiences which reflect back to you, you not feeling enough, you're not feeling good. That's really where that fear of not feeling enough comes from, is shame, which all of us experience to some level, right? Oh my God, there's so much I could go into right now. Like my mind is like buzzing with, with information. Um because I want to try and relate it back to the point. But yeah, that's basically where a lot of intimacy issues will come from, from a psychological perspective is people, women feel shame. And so you can't let someone in to see you, into me see, you can't let someone see you in your entirety if you hold shame against who you truly are. So the Aligned Coaching Academy, it's really the best option that you can take in order to finally hit the ground running towards seeing that massive growth within your business. The Business Academy is really the only program that I know of that can teach you how to grow your business to those consistent 10K months without falling victim to the hustle culture. So if you're ready to finally be turning your passion and purpose into real and scalable profit, or if you've been building a business for some time, but have been feeling quite stuck and as though you're not seeing the level of results you want to see, then keep on listening. Because if you are serious about getting the clear step-by-step strategy that you need to build a six-figure business for yourself, just like what I have done, and do so in the fastest manner possible, then this academy is 100% aligned with you. So if you are interested in taking a look into this opportunity, exploring what the academy could offer to you, then what I want you to do is head to the episode description of today's podcast and click the button that says, join me in my aligned coaching academy, okay? I literally love every single direction you take each of these questions in. I mean, like, I, and this is why I, I come into these podcast recordings, like with zero expectation of this is how it has to go, because it always ends up going in directions that I couldn't even like imagine we'd take it. So this topic of shame, I'd love to like chat just a little bit more about this. Um, and obviously you said that shame can put a block up towards intimacy. Can shame also put a block up towards your manifestations and attracting your desires and seeing growth in your business? Like if we're linking it back to this entrepreneurial space. Everything. Yeah. Everything. It really is. And this is the interesting thing is shame isn't innately bad. There is healthy shame and there is not healthy shame. And so what I mean by that is we all need a level of like healthy shame. Otherwise we would all just be running riot would be running in the streets naked and I'm not saying that that's a bad thing to be naked and free but there would be no limits you know there's a certain level of healthy shame like knowing when you know when not to cheat on your partner because that would you know create a bad situation like things like that actually allows us to navigate life through with a little bit of limitation which is healthy for us otherwise I think the whole world would be in chaos so that's healthy shame Mm. then you get the toxic shame and I honestly feel that a lot of us in our generation it's just a generational thing when it comes to shame if we have parents that hold shame like for anyone listening just take a moment to just tune into your mum and your dad or whoever your caregivers were 
and just ask yourself, were they operating from shame? Are they shame-based, right? Were they insecure about themselves? Did they doubt themselves a lot? Like, I love my parents literally to death. Like, they're the most amazing people. I definitely got a lot of shame from my mum because she felt very shameful towards her body. She was always hiding her body. She would never, like, you know, walk around in... Uh, you know naked or just in like her underwear or anything it was very much like a hidden thing so I kind of grew up with the same mentality of you know it's I have to be shameful about my body Mm. and it's not good to show my body and it's not good to love my body because I didn't know how to we always idolize our parents right so that's just like one example of how that can happen Um, and essentially what shame is this is what I believe is that we all come into this world to to really like if you imagine like a flower, like we come into this world to blossom. But what happens is rather than coming into this world and our caregivers and our peers and our teachers, you know, giving us the soil and the water and the sunlight that we need to just blossom into the flower that we are, because if you look at flowers, they have this beautiful pattern, this blueprint, which I believe we all have our soul blueprint. Rather than that, we come into this world and everyone around us feels like they need to mold us. They need to teach us how to be in the world. What is good? What is bad? Right. And so there's this sense that our parents don't necessarily mirror back to us who we truly are. They mirror back to us who they are. Mm -hmm. There is a part of us that feels like we can't fully be our soul essence and our unique expression from a very, very young age because no one mirrors back to us that that is okay. Mm. And so it creates this, identity this kind of mask that we create and more often than not it's what I call a good girl mask especially when it comes to women is we have to do the right thing we have to sit a certain way we have to present ourselves a certain way we have to and so we're all fucking holding our breath ever since we were young we're just all fucking holding our breath to fit into this box of who the world has taught us who to be and then we have to exhale at some point so the exhale could be anorexia it could be binge eating it could be binge drinking it could be porn it could be sex addiction you know tv addiction all of these things because we have to exhale at some point we can't hold our breath forever Mm. and that's what shame kind of creates for us is this false identity Mm -hmm. and so really the the path of personal transformation what we what we're really searching for in everything that we desire business goals whatever it is it's to know ourselves Mm -hmm. it's to know ourselves Because when we commit to the path of getting to know ourselves, we understand that the relationships that we're in or the situations or circumstances we find ourselves in, whether positive or what we would perceive as negative, it's all the tool for our own expansion. And so match that with creating space for us to be the observer of our experience. And we get in an argument with someone and we're like, okay, hang on a minute, hang on a minute, right? This is a growth opportunity. So rather than me reacting to this, let me sit with this. Let me create space for this so I can understand it. I can get curious about it. And I don't want to force clarity. Maybe it won't come through straight away. And that's okay. When I'm ready, it will come through. But let me sit with this and let me see what this is reflecting back to me within myself. Mm. Our external world is a reflection of our internal world. Where is this conflict revealing to me where I'm not free within myself? Because it's all perception. It is all perception. There's 8 billion people in this world living 8 billion different realities. 
right? Just because I have an argument with, with someone doesn't mean I'm a bad person. I don't have to resort to that shame-based experience again. It's me looking at, okay, what perception is this challenging? What perception about myself, perception about love, perception about relationships, perception about life itself? What is it challenging? And is it time for me to shift and transform this perspective into a higher serving perspective so I can open up to more love? Mm. I can let in more intimacy. I can open up to more emotional availability. So, yeah, sorry, I keep going on tangents. Don't even say sorry. I'm loving this so much. I feel like I am taking so much away from this entire conversation. Like this whole topic, everything we've touched on today, it's all things that I'm actively wanting to learn about deeper myself. So I'm so loving everything that you are sharing. And um, I guess like to wrap up what you were sharing there, you mentioned um, we really need to bring ourselves out of whatever that shame is feeling and shift our perspective to transform Mm -hmm. ourselves. Mm -hmm. So how can we actually go about shifting that perspective so then we can transform our relationships, um, our businesses, our income, like whatever it is we're wanting to transform? Mm -hmm. So the first step when you said there about discovering who we are, moving out of the shame-based, you know, reality, um, we need to be mirrored by someone that can just see us for who we are. This is why like working with a coach, working with a mentor, working with a therapist, when you can actually sit in front of someone that is just holding unconditional loving presence for you, oh, that's when you see yourself because you're actually being mirrored back in a way that is loving, maybe for the first time in your life. There's no one telling you, there's no one, you know, there's not that parent figure telling you who you should be or how you should be or, you know, what to do or what to strive for. You're just sitting there and you're finally seen for your entirety of who you are. So that's really the first step to discover who you are, whether it is a friend or even a helpline or a coach, like whatever is kind of within your budget, whatever is within your reach, there is someone there that can mirror back to you loving presence. And in that presence, anything that isn't love comes up to be purged, comes up to be brought to resolution. So that's how you start to discover who you are is through that process. Um, When it comes to shifting perception, the first step would be to cultivate that inner witness because it is really, really hard for the human mind to decipher truth from falsehood. Mm -hmm. If we get triggered, we're literally like our ego is driven by self-righteousness. So if we get triggered, we're so in that mindset of I'm right. They're wrong and I'm right. They did this. I don't deserve to be treated like this. Like they fucked up, whatever it is. But that's all fucking limitation. It's all perception. So when you can practice that in a witness, you can be like, hang on a minute, hang on a minute, hang on a minute where did this come from and how is this limiting me from feeling what I actually want to feel more intimacy, more love. This is, uh, I'm so excited. This is where I get really passionate. (laughs) This is one really important thing to know is that once you've cultivated the inner witness is that fear is safety. That's all it is. Fear is a safety strategy. And so when you realize that every fear you have, every limitation you have, every limiting perception you have, is actually self-serving for you. It's self-serving. It's not against you. There is no part inside your consciousness that doesn't want you to be happy, fulfilled, and free. It's just not possible. So what's happening is something has happened, a memory has happened, trauma has happened in your early life that has made you decide it's not safe for me 
to fully love because love equals hurt or it's not safe for me to express my emotions because then I'm seen as weak and I don't want to be seen as weak. All of these perceptions that we have. So then we struggle as adults to show emotion and it's like, whoa, but that fear that I have about showing emotion is actually just a safety strategy. Mm. How is how is me keep, okay, I'll put an example. I keep attracting emotionally unavailable men. <laughs> You're like, yeah, experience that. How is that safe for me to do that? If I keep attracting emotionally unavailable men, it keeps me in my safety of not having to show emotion. So although I might get pissed off at the fact that I want this guy to open up to me, I want this guy to be intimate, I want this guy to commit to me, to show me who he really is, to show me love, to show up for me in the way that I desire to be loved, you're actually going to keep attracting that pattern because it's safer for you to not be in a, a relationship that is emotionally open, vulnerable and available. And so this is the thing is we can look at our patterns through two different lenses. We can look at it as, oh, I must keep attracting this person because I don't feel like I deserve someone who's emotionally available to me. Or we can look at it through, okay, there's a fear within me, which is actually self-serving. So how is it serving me and keeping me safe to stay in this pattern? When you look at it through that lens, you look at it through a different level of conversation. You actually start to realize that you're always working for your own good. There is no part of you that hates you. There is no part of you that wants to feel rejected or that doesn't want a beautiful, loving relationship or wealth or whatever it is, success, impact, fame, whatever it is. There is no part of you that does not want that. So when you look at it through the lens of, okay, how is this limitation actually serving me? What is it keeping me safe from? And then you start to train your nervous system to feel safe with the opposite. Then you start to open up with power because this is the thing is that a lot of people desire like huge love or, uh, and I know I keep going into that because I'm about to launch a relationship course. So I think it's very much in my vortex. I'm launching next week. Yeah, it's very much there. So like whether it's like a lot of love you want or whether let's talk about wealth for a second. Say if you want, you know, a lot of money, you want a lot of money and you want a lot of money, not from need because need is the vibration of lack, which means you're never going to get it. Right. Because that's the law of the universe, law of attraction, law of vibration. If you're coming from that desire of wanting more money because money is actually a tool for you to live your full life. That's all it is. Money is a neutral source. <laughs> it's just the meaning we put to it. Um if you want that, you also have to be okay with holding the opposite. So if you want like $100,000 in the next few months or whatever, you also have to be okay holding the energy of losing that $100,000. The universe is not going to give you $100,000 if it doesn't feel safe to lose that $100,000. So that's why you keep playing in the 10K round mm. because it doesn't feel, you know, there's this, it's safe for you. So you might have the desire for $100,000, but if you don't feel safe to, to hold the energy of $100,000, to be responsible for $100,000, and also the fact that you could lose it, then you're not going to be able to open up to that. I genuinely believe that the walk of life is the walk of duality. It's holding the positive and the negative, you know, and it's, we've just got to hold that duality. We're walking with that duality constantly, constantly mm. And when we can hold both, when we can be like, okay, I'm ready to finally open up to love. And I'm also okay to hold the fact that I'm not here to be loved by everyone. And that I might feel rejected and that we might break up in the future. This relationship might not be forever. When you can hold that, oh, 
it, the world opens because you're actually being honest with the fact that you're not keeping yourself safe anymore by being like, oh, I don't want to get rejected. So I'm not going to open myself up in that way. Open yourself up to fucking love, right? To live is to love. When you open yourself up to love, it's not just in a romantic relationship, but with, with life itself, with money, with your business, everything just starts to become opportunity. So you've also got to hold that, yeah, shit happens as well. Mm. That's the reality we incarnated into was a reality of polarity. So we have to be able to hold both polarities and feel safe in that to actually go to that next level of expansion. Mm, this entire conversation, I can't wait to release this episode so I can listen to it back over. <laughs> but yeah. honestly, I did, and, and I love how you just brought in like uh, the law of duality. <laughs> is it? Um, that one there where we're looking at the polarity of things. Someone else has mentioned that before in a previous episode around like manifestation and attracting and all of that. But I love what you just mentioned there, how, you know, you might be stuck in the 10K space, unable to reach that 100K space because you don't feel safe. You know, you're comfortable at that 10K, but you don't feel safe expanding beyond that. So I'm curious to know then, and whether it be for relationships or whether it be for finances, how can someone actually begin to feel more safe with, um, you know, the potential of not having, you know, that <laughs> or the potential of not being loved by everyone? How can we allow ourselves to feel safe with that polarity? You have to feel it fully. Mm. So what happens is when we have a fear of something, we block ourselves from feeling it. But when you actually, and again, it comes back to creating space and going in that embodiment. So with my one-to-one clients, I take them through an energy psychology process, which allows them, like I had a client the other day who she wants to expand in her business, but she had such a fear of being a disappointment. So she wasn't open to trust. She was always like, how, 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 how? So I got her to fully feel the intensity of being a failure. And we went back to memories in her life where she felt like a failure. And I got her to feel it fully, to not reject it, to not deny that feeling, to not suppress that feeling anymore, to not even need to change that feeling, but to allow yourself to fully feel it. And when you fully feel something, you realize that you survive, Mm. right? Because the reason you don't allow yourself to fully feel the feeling is because you feel like it's painful. And the ego is always running away from pain and towards pleasure. This is where our coping mechanisms and addictions come from. So when you actually like allow yourself to fully feel the intensity of what it's like to be a failure or a disappointment or to be rejected or whatever it is, you then train your nervous system to feel safe with that sensation. And so it no longer becomes polarized in your consciousness. So when I say polarized, uh, polarized, sorry, it basically means that there is conflicting parts of your consciousness. Hmm. There is a part of you that is saying, I desire more money. And there's a part of you that's saying it's not safe to hold more money. So you're constantly in this, in a conflict of, I want more money, but why is it never happening? Why can't I break this pattern? Right. And so when you start to feel what it's like to maybe be responsible for the money or or like whatever the the fear is, you know, um, the fear of freedom, even with having this much money, right. Whatever it is, when you start to feel that fully, it's kind of like this blending. I call it the blending of these two polarized parts of yourself, which is essentially integration. That's Mm -hmm. shadow work. It's integration. That part, like the strongest energy always wins. Mm -hmm. That's what the main message is here. The strongest energy always wins. So even though you might have certain desires for more money or more love, if you have a strong energy inside, which is saying it's not safe, it will always win. So when you actually allow yourself to fully feel it, and you realize you survive and your nervous system is like, hang on a minute. So if I feel like a failure, I don't die. Mm. Oh, 
I'm still here. Fuck it. Now that I'm okay with being a failure, I can take more leaps. I can take more risks. I feel like I can go to that next level expansion because I finally feel okay that it's not a threat anymore. I'm not running away from being a failure. I'm not trying to suppress that feeling of that, you know, that fear of being a failure. I'm finally confronting it face to face, body to body. I'm feeling it fully. And when we feel, we heal. And so it's it's this depolarization process, which is yeah, essentially integration. Wow. I love that. I mean, I swear I've said I've, I love that to literally every single thing that you shared today, but I really, truly do. And I've literally even lost track of the time. I don't even know how long we've been recording for right now. But with that said, Emma, like everything you've shared today, I mean, my brain is just exploding with excitement yeah. for what I've been able to bring on, what I've been able to, new knowledge I've been able to acquire and like different areas of myself that I now want to step <laughs> away and tap into deeper as well so as we do start to wrap up this episode though there is one final question that I do ask all of my guests who come on the empower with them podcast and that is what is a final piece of empowering advice you'd love to leave our listeners with today Mm. let's fill into this for a moment Mm. oh it's such a good question do you know the thing that just keeps coming through is like freedom. Mm. Like I feel like there must be an energy of your listeners that are actually seeking some sort of freedom from the mind, freedom from the known. And so what I would say is you have one lifetime in this brain and in this body Mm. and every moment is a new fucking moment. Every moment is the unknown. So how can you be more of yourself in every single moment? How can you explore with being your fullest expression intimately, sexually, mentally, emotionally, physically, and let that energy lead your life. Let that be the leading energy. And naturally the people, the places and the opportunities will fall into your life that are meant for your expansion and just trust that process. And that is freedom. What a powerful note to leave our episode today off on. And Emma, obviously all of my listeners are going to want to follow you and want to continue learning from you. So what is the best place for them to be able to find you if they choose to do so? Yeah, amazing. So I hang out on Instagram mainly. So that's at Emma Zia, which is Z-I-A. So yeah, just follow me on there. I love to hear from people. So if anything has really resonated with you and dropped through, you know, in the episode, let me know what, what you liked about it, what your favorite part was and just DM me, connect with me, say hi, so I can welcome you into my world. So yeah, that would be the best place to connect. Amazing. Well, I will put all of your links into the episode description. So it'll be super easy for everyone to find you. But once again, just thank you so much for your time and your energy today. It's been such an honor to be in your presence and to learn from you. And I'm so grateful for everything that you had to share. You're so welcome. Thank you for having me. So much love for you. (laughs) So that's a wrap on today's episode. If you enjoyed this podcast or know somebody who needs to hear this, then send this to them and share it to your stories, tagging me at empower.with.m.podcast. If you want more from the podcast, make sure you jump on over to the Empower community on Facebook. I have popped the link in the show notes of this episode, so I can't wait for you to join me there. But that's all from me for now, fam. It's time I love you and leave you. So until we hang again, remember you can break through any limiting mindset, any limiting belief, and you can rise above any challenge and step up 
and truly be empowered.